0: Trick or treat your way into Sam's Club this Halloween. Bob for Honeycrisp apples, in stock for a limited time. Save on delicious cupcakes, great for Halloween parties. 30 count for only $14.98. Keep your monsters fed with fresh, ready-to-bake 16-inch pepperoni or cheese pizzas. Make your party a thriller at Sam's Club. Join and save Sam's Club. Life is better in the club. See club for details.
2: Coach Radio. That's Audibletrial.com
0: slash Life Coach Radio. And now here's today's show.
2: Hello everyone. This is the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Jan Jaffe and I'm your host. Today we're discussing crippling self-doubt, and I'm delighted to be joined by my brilliant team, Sharissa Sebastian and Susan Gonzalez. Today's show is entitled, How to Destroy Crippling Self-Doubt and Thrive. Welcome to Think Tank. As a former international opera and concert singer whose career was cut short after two traumatic brain injuries and the many ensuing years of recovery, this topic is um, especially near and dear to my heart, and I am especially delighted to be doing this show today. Crippling self-doubt. Despite tending to be perceived as the same thing, that feeling of a continual and nagging self-doubt does not always mean that you have low self-esteem. Self-esteem can be defined as having a decent opinion of self without grandiosity this would be a person who sees self as a good person hard-working reliable honest friendly and able to like and love him or herself for who they are this does not mean that self-doubt will never crop up a successful person is one who can lay a firm foundation with the bricks that others throw at him or her that quote is from david brinkley Imposter syndrome, which is also uh, associated with self doubt, is the inability to accept and claim accomplishments no matter what the level of success, even with hard won achievements, because there is an irrational fear that you don't deserve the success, or maybe you're just a fraud. Outward signs of accomplishment are seen as just good luck or t- good timing. An imposter feels as if she or he has been deceptive and has made others think that he or she is more intelligent or skilled than they really are. While this is true for narcissists who don't necessarily have the resume to back up the grandiosity, it is not true for hard-won success. Our conversation today focuses on the definition and causes of crippling self doubt and how to create a mindset and action plan that will make it possible for us to perform at our highest potential and be the best possible version of ourselves. Sharissa Sebastian, please tell our listening audience a little about yourself. Sure,
0: thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me on the show. My name is Sharissa Sebastian, and I'm a life and leadership coach for women, a speaker, writer for the Huffington Post, and as well as the co-owner of Stop Spile Breathe Women's Retreats. and I also host a show on Blog Talk Radio as well. And my focus is in the area of career advancement and transition, as well as life balance. To find out more about me, you can go to my website, com. Thanks again, Jen. I'm so looking forward to today's
1: show.
2: Oh, me too, and thank you, Charissa. And now, Susan Gonzalez, uh, please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Susan Gonzalez, and I work with people from all walks of life to help them create the kind of success that they want to have, either personally or professionally, so that they have the fullest, most satisfying life possible that they could want. Um, I'm the author of the bestseller, Make It Your Mark, Seven Steps to Increase Your Impact, and a public speaker, and I, too, am thrilled to be here with this wonderful topic and great team on the call today.
2: Oh, thank you, Susan, and I'm so delighted always to have you and Sharissa, both of you, as as a team, where, you know, the, this team that we have on this show where we discuss such interesting and uh, enlightening topics. So, have you ever felt stuck in a spiral of self-doubt? You know those times you want something so badly but fear that you're simply not good enough to get it? It's a special kind of hell where a small failure makes you question yourself and your abilities. And that question leads you down a dark path until you aren't good enough or smart enough to do anything. And that's about the time you stop trying. If fear is the mind killer, as Frank Herbert wrote in Dune, then self-doubt is the fear enabler. What are some of the inner and outer blocks that can create this fear and self-doubt? And how does crippling self-doubt, then, impact our lives? Susan, how would you like to go first with this? Susan?
1: I'm sorry, can you hear me now?
2: Yes, I can. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Um, Jan, I loved how you described that as a special kind of hell. You know, it can be uh, such a terrible place to be in, but it can also be this great place for growth as well. Um, For myself, I can speak for myself because we all have this. I think it's one of the great human connectors is that all of us have those times where we step into self doubt Um, especially when you're putting yourself out there, you know. And I think one of the connections to it is that it's when it means something very important to the person. um, It has that connection of I'm taking – now they're going to see the real me. Um, This is something Mm. so important to me. And that doubt starts to creep in because you want it so badly. What if you don't get to have it? And so that little um, tug of war then happens. And then, oh, then comes in that little critic and the fear of failure or what are the other things of, of that can happen um, once you put yourself out there. And so one of the blocks is just that when it's very meaningful to you um, and maybe it's something you've tried to get for a very long time and now you're just right there um, and it can happen and then that fear creeps in of what, what if I fail, what if it doesn't work. So I think one of the blocks to keep in mind is um, the feelings that we have around it, the the um, attachments we put to it for the meaning it's going to have for us in our
2: lives. Absolutely. Um, when something is, is so important to us, it just the the stakes are so much higher. So um, fear absolutely can can jump in, you know, and be play a part. So thank you for that. Um, what about you, Sharissa? What, what are your thoughts on this?
0: Well, very well said, Susan. I totally agree with that. And one thing I, I did want to add to that is that I think sometimes also when we know that others are depending on us or that the outcome of our actions are going to impact other people, it weighs so much more heavily on us. So, it, you know, it's important to us, like you said. And then it's a lot of times when we feel like it's only going to impact us, we're much more willing to take risks and to to step maybe outside of our comfort zone but when we know that it's important like you mentioned and then also that there's other people that are depending on us or other people that it's going to impact then it becomes like oh my goodness you know what how do i cope with this how do i get through this and the other thing i love that you mentioned jan is that self-doubt is the fear enabler and i could not agree with that more and I think so much of that is focus, you know, where we put our attention in those times. So being aware of, okay, what is going on with me right now? What, where is this doubt coming from? And what am I really focusing on? Because I know personally for me, one of the things that was almost crippling in my in my career was this self-doubt. It would come up all the time for me, especially early on in my career, just because, and I think in my situation, um, just to um, give everyone a little bit of background. So I was a single mom, you know, in the working in the corporate world, and I was terrified that uh, being a single mom, that if something happened to my job, that that was it, you know, that was the end. And so I had this constant self-doubt that any day now I'm going to get fired, you know, if I can't do what I need to do, if I can't step up, if I can't be more visible or whatever and really my focus was on that versus what it really should have been at that point which is you know really focusing on okay the value that i can add and how it can my work can really impact others so i think focus is such a big deal as well because what we choose to focus on is going to expand if we decide or if we even unconsciously just focus on the fear and the the self-doubt piece of it then we're going to get more of that that's going to kind of feed itself whereas if we focus on the uh, you know the positive outcome for maybe other people because it's a lot easier for us to do for others. So if we think about okay, how is this serving other people? For me to be able to step up and do what I need to do, then it takes the focus off and it moves it into a more positive direction. So it's you know it's easier to kind of deal with that and move through it.
1: You know, Charissa, Absolutely. when you were saying, oh, I'm sorry, Dan. No, go when ahead. When you were saying ahead. that, is, all I kept thinking was high stakes. We attach such yeah. high stakes to things. And the story you were telling, yeah, about the single mother, yeah, because your priority is taking care of your children, right? So, of course, your focus is there. But then that split focus, like you were talking about, but how does the fear of what if I can't provide for them, what if I can't, you know, I need this job, I have to have this job to do right by my children and how that clouded, you know, especially when we're younger. Um, It's hard to see more than one option, right, right? That's the number one priority. So you'll do whatever it takes to take care of your children. I love that example. I think tons Mm. of people can identify
2: with that. Absolutely. And you know, it's it's not this topic is not um, just a a topic that's about um, well how to be more you know confident. It's about how self doubt can be crippling in your life. I mean, when peer people peer when people have you know so much trouble dealing with or uh, with with stress stress as we know can be a killer in so many ways, not just phys- physical but also mental and um, emotional and spiritual because if the stress and this fear of failure is ever present even if it 's in the background, it can over time cause you to to want to back off into this sort of state of failure or not greatness because then you don't have the stress of performing as highly. So that's why, you know, as highly as you would have if, if all of this stress and fear is not there, and that's why this self-doubt can actually be crippling. It can prevent us from moving forward because we're, if we're constantly in this State of fear. That fear is absol- absolutely crippling and I loved what you said about focus because that's uh, we're going to get to that a little later in this conversation as, as, you, as it applies to this and how it can, the lack of it and the presence of it can either um, create a, a more, you know, can feed this crippling self-doubt or actually help us move past it in a way that we can utilize focus to eradicate self-doubt. So one of the things I wanted to mention about um, how you know, the inner and outer blocks um, when it comes to fear and self-doubt is speaking just from my own experience as an opera singer. Um, opera singers all know about um, certain physical aspects such as um, you know, not getting enough sleep or if the air is too dry, those things in themselves can affect your, your voice, your physical voice, and then how you, how you deal with that in a performance or an audition. And so the doubt of, oh, my gosh, my, voice, my vocal cords are thick today – or I'm tired. I didn't sleep well. There was a lot of noise in the hotel, or something like that. Or this this room that I have to sing in this theater is very dry, and I feel like I'm singing into a pillow. All of those things come into play, and add there. They, these are outer blocks that can can feed this self doubt and some some trepidation. Um, there's also um, oh, let's see. There's I'm trying there's you know our our inner our gremlins, as we call them, our inner critics, um those little things that you know that have been with us from life, either from something that happened in childhood or whatever, those inner critics that say you know you're not really good enough to sing at the Met or you're not really good enough to be speaking to a uh, uh to be giving a lecture or to be doing a, a big TED talk, uh, you know, so all of those little things those inner critics come into play and kind of sit on our shoulders sort of like the devil and the angel on one So this is like the devil on one shoulder telling you you're not good enough, you know, that sort of thing, or nobody really likes you, or those kind of bizarre messages we have in our heads, although we don't feel that they're really, we know uh, intellectually they may be bizarre or they may not really hold much weight, but emotionally they affect us. So those are some of the, um, the inner and outer blocks. And I was just wondering if, if either of you ladies um, have uh, any comments when it comes to inner and outer blocks.
0: Actually, one thing I did want to add to what you were saying, Janet, and I'm so glad you brought this up, and you, you gave such a great example from your own experience with you know, being an opera singer and the, the whole physical aspect of it and all of those different elements that go into it, and the the thing that came to my mind as you were talking about that is that for you know for all of us there can be physical or even environmental factors that don't put us in you know our like optimal state. So for example, when you are, you know if you if you're hungry or tired, and I definitely speak from my own experience here, not a good idea to you know when I'm hungry <laughs> or tired to to uh, demand too much of myself because <laughs> that is I'm just not in a good state. And that's when I can, and I notice, this, uh, you know, very frequently that when I am in that state, that's when I'm much more likely to start doubting myself, to start getting into the negative self-talk, and to start doing these things because I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, not kind of where I'm, so, you know, where I should be, or even environmentally, if you know, if I'm uncomfortable, if I'm too cold or if I'm too hot, and then I start getting mm-hmm. irritable, these thoughts can creep into, you know, into my mind, especially right before. Uh, like so, for example, if there's a speaking engagement or something like that. So it is, and like in your, you gave such a brilliant example of being an opera singer. You know, any time that you're getting into something like that where you have to perform, where you have to step up, um, and you feel those doubts coming up, it, they could actually be physical or environmental factors that mm-hmm. could put us in in that as well.
2: Absolutely, and you know, there's also uh, for anybody. Say it's it's an attorney who has to. Um, um, what do you call it, in a courtroom you know and mm-hmm. and say they say if it's um a a, a female attorney who's just had uh, a huge argument with her husband that morning or maybe they're they're starting to talk about the possibility of a divorce, and then she has to go in and and perform really well in court, and so there's this emotional um Influencer that's going to to affect her, and yet uh, you, she has to stay focused in the moment and and perform properly. But these are, you know, this is another block. There's there's that. There's also um, like you mentioned about if you're hungry, you might not be able to think clearly. There could be a mental block, something that's going right. on for whatever reason. Um, that's you know sometimes physical. Um, block something that's influencing you physically, like maybe not getting enough sleep um, or not having eaten, that then affects your thought processes. As you mentioned, you're not thinking clearly. Or, as you mentioned, the, the environmental, if you're not... Um, if you're, if you're too cold, or you're too hot, or it's very humid, or it's raining. I remember there was um, a performance we did outside. It was one of these summer performances, and it started. We were outside. Thank goodness, under in a bandshell. Um, this was in Chicago, and it started to pour. And but the conductor. Uh, could not move his podium in, everybody else. And it was, it was, everybody actually, it was sort of funny. It was sort of comical in a sense too. Although the orchestra, you know, a lot of them, the wood, the, uh, the string instruments, these are made out of wood and a lot of them are very old and ungodly expensive. And everybody was moving, as they're playing, they're moving their chairs back so that they're underneath this uh, bandshell covering. And it was, you know, this great... Um, community of, of performers doing the Brahms Requiem, I think it was. And it, we never stopped. We continued going, and the only one that couldn't move in was the conductor. And his music, the pages, got soaked, and he could barely, at, at a certain point, he could no longer turn the pages because his score got completely soaked. And uh, fortunately, as many conductors knew, he really knew his music because so he, he couldn't use his music anymore. So he went through, like, I mean, an absolute pro and an absolute champ. But that had to cause some stress for him, this environmental block shall we say that that just you know this rain it soaked his music and instead of falling apart or saying you know i'm going to have to cancel this concert because this sort of thing does happen he was able to focus and mentally focus and just totally be there so these are some of the blocks that can really cripple someone and bring in that self-doubt um susan i don't know if you had anything else to add to this before we go on
1: Yeah, you know, it's that interesting, where does the trigger happen? So it could be one of those external blocks. It could be an environmental thing or something that comes in, and all of a sudden now you start getting worried about what's going to happen and if you didn't plan for that and how that can start triggering the self-doubt. Or it could be the other way around. It's one of the inner critics or, you know, the little Mm. critic like you were describing, Jan, that's sitting there talking in your head, and now you're looking out in your environment and you're picking up data to support that, too. And so it's like you said, just focusing, coming back to focus on, I think that's one of the biggest keys here is the focus, like what mm-hmm. are you here for right now? The conductor, so what are we here for right now? Well, we're here to do this great performance, and so music page is stuck or not. He <laughs> just stepped into it and did it. And that ability, and, and I think we can, we can teach people to do that. We can teach ourselves to do it, to step into a place of focus so that everything else mm-hmm. falls away and you come back to me right now in this moment, what am I here for? And let's go for it. And what is you know, you know, the most important thing for me right now in this moment? And then now <laughs> the hard part is so, okay, you can't just, like you said, beat it out, knock it down. How do you, what are the things you need to help you push the self-doubt back so that now you come to a place of opportunity instead of, um, actually giving that self doubt power, you know
2: um, taking mm-hmm. some of that power away from it and bringing it back to you absolutely, and you know what you I hear you uh, pointing to purpose you know when 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 that little um gremlin or inner critic comes in and says to you, "Oh gosh am I for example with the that conductor perhaps that that inner critic could have come in and said okay, you're not good enough to, or are you good enough to overcome this block, you know, my, my wet score, um, if I don't have, I'm not able to refer to it while I'm uh, conducting this big orchestra and this chorus and this these soloists. Am I good enough, oh gosh that little that little devil on my shoulder is saying you're not good <laughs> enough who do you, who do you think you are so you know so it's it's hooking into what I heard you say was hooking into that your inner purpose you know as as what am I here for and as a performance coach myself um what, one of the things that's so important to be able to overcome and um, and be able to perform to your highest is part. Uh, it's it's about process and have you prepared? You know, before you go and do any of these these big things, these challenges, these wonderful things that we do in our lives, especially the high-stake stuff, is how well have we prepared so that when we go into them, we are able to to deal with the things that come along because things are always going to come along. So, you know, if you've ever experienced the dreaded self-doubt death spiral, you know what that feels like, too. when everyone around you is getting better and better, and you're stuck in the same place or getting worse. It's a, it's a kind of limbo of hell.
1: You know, <laughs> the
2: anxiety <laughs> and dread that comes with it is a special torture So what's the prescription? Just decide you're smart and capable and you could be the next Steve Jobs or Michael Phelps too? Hardly. When you're stuck in the dread of self-doubt, you know as well as anyone, you don't just talk your way out of it. What studies have shown conclusively is that we're pretty bad at talking our way out of a rut, but we can get better with help. So what actually does work? How do you get yourself to believe you're capable of more and then actually boost your performance? Sharissa, how about you? What, do you? what are your thoughts on this?
0: Actually, I want to go back to that, that word that you just used, Jan, and that's belief, right? That so much of this mm-hmm. is grounded in what we believe, what's the meaning that we give any given situation or any, you know, anything that comes our way, what are we, how are we interpreting that? And I think Susan just mm-hmm. mentioned that looking for that opportunity or seeing it as an opportunity, even when things don't necessarily come you know come our way so a couple of the beliefs that come to mind are uh, you know like really believing that everything that comes our way is in one way or another for our good there's a lesson to be learned or there's some way that we're going to learn from this and then help other people or We're going to grow through the experience, and what is the meaning that you're, you know, that you're giving every situation, and what are you believing about it? And then the other, the other belief is that everything happens for a reason, and then also that you're going to do the best you can, and everything else is, you know, you just have to trust that whatever happens is going to happen. And at some point, there's, you you can prepare as much as possible, but at some point, there's going to be things that are outside of your control, and the best you can do is just step up, do the best you can, and then. Whatever, you know, is, whatever else happens, happens, and knowing that at the end of the day, whatever is meant to happen is going to happen. So I think belief also plays in such a strong part in how we process this, and it also helps, of course, to reduce stress as well. In those situations, that can be incredibly stressful. And you use the word crippling, Jan, and that's so true, because we can get almost paralyzed by the mm. fear and by the doubt, so much so that we may not be able to do what we need to do. And then just to go back to a couple of other things that we touched on, the focus. We, you know, where, where are we focusing? What are we really putting our attention in? And then the greater the greater purpose. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, like when we focus on something that's bigger than ourselves, like being able to do something that's for the good of somebody else or other people, it's a lot easier for us to move through this and realizing that it's not about us. For us to be able to step up and do what we need to do, it's really about service in some way, in some capacity for other people. So for the conductor that was having that music, you know, for the for the audience, for example, or if you're going to go and say even do a presentation at work, for example, the end goal of that is to convey the message. So really to think about it in terms of if I don't do this or if I don't, you know, just give it my best shot, then what is, that, you know, what is the impact going to be? Because at the end of the day, it's just I'm just here – to be able to help in whatever situation that I that I can. So taking the focus off yourself in terms of, oh, my gosh, I can't do this, I'm not good enough, and changing it to, okay, I'm really here to serve in some capacity to do something that's going to help somebody else at the end of the day. So that that also helps with kind of that mindset um, of all of that. And talking about mindset, some of the little things that you can do to help with that are things like um, affirmations. So really believing and embodying those things that you want. So if confidence, you know, focusing on confidence is going to help you in those situations, then think about, you know, all the things that you've done up to that point. Focus on the things that you've been able to accomplish, the challenges that you've been able to overcome, and tell yourself, you know, I'm confident, I'm more than capable, and just create, I mean, or and go through all of that evidence that you have. Because a lot of times when we get into self-doubt, we're thinking about all the evidence where we were failed, or all the, all the evidence of, you know, to back, the fa- you know, to back up the fact that, or not the fact, but to back, back up the thought that I'm not good enough. Whereas if we focus on, you know, how far we've come, all the wins that we've had, all of those things, even what other people are saying about us, and then realize that, you know, you, that we're in, in that moment to be able to do what we need to do for a reason and for a purpose, and then just affirm that for yourself. Tell yourself, you know, I am confident. I do have this. I've got this and that kind of stuff. And, of course, state, we already mentioned a little bit about this, but, um, and this is something that I learned from Tony Robbins, is the, the state that you're in is also going to have a big impact on your decisions and, and what you do. So in other words, if you are in a positive state, if you are happy or, you know, all of those things, it's much easier to do what you need to do versus if you, you know, if you're depressed or, or things like that, then it, it's often very, very difficult to get motivated to do what you need to do. And a couple of ways to change your state are just to um, you know to to move just movement listening to music doing things that make you feel happy that make you feel better and more confident um, and just getting into a, a more positive state to help you to get that outcome that you want um the other thing one other thing i will mention here is having a support team so i know for me it really is helpful to have you know a friend or somebody that i can call and when in those moments when I'm doubting myself, when I don't know if I could do it, to just have that support or you know, coach or whoever it is, to to just talk it through with you, and a lot of times that is so so helpful to kind of get out of your own head, and just have some of the therefore
2: support. Oh, wonderful points! I love every point that you made, um, and one that that really stuck out to me amongst all these wonderful points. I'm not going to uh, go through everything you made, but. That being it, basically, you said, being of service to our purpose helps us um, take the, the focus off of ourselves, which is almost like um, when, when we're focusing on ourselves and our doubts and our, our, you know, our maybe we're looking more at our failures rather than our successes, it's almost like a self-indulgence that we almost can't afford. Um, in times of you know, that it 's important that we perform well or that we want to perform well and and create things in our lives, so um, I love this idea of being of service to our purpose or whatever it is that we 're trying to do, for example, as a musician you 're in, you're in service to the music, um, and you you pointed out celebrating our past successes and you know say well how did look at what have i done especially if we're starting to feel doubt about about our abilities and or about ourselves and saying looking back and and saying okay what have i done in the past where have i had a similar experience or or a great success and starting to look at our past successes to remind ourselves yes we're capable so great points. I love it, and I love um, you. You sharing with us what Tony Robbins said about about um, mindset and and where our our where our uh, our mental and emotional uh, mind is. So um, thank you so much for that, Susan. I'm curious what if you have something to add to this this wonderful topic here yeah that was
1: great i my I was taking so many notes uh Charissa, when you were sharing all of that that was awesome um i I love this idea of the self talk because I think it is very empowering and important but there's this other little part to it too is it can it needs to be the self talk you have can be so much more successful in shifting uh self doubt when it's is tied very meaningfully to what the issue is. So it can't – I always think of um, the Saturday Night Live skits about um, self-affirmation, and they were kind of silly, I'm because I deserve it. It has to be a little something more intense in here, I think. And I have this wonderful friend who actually was a therapist, um, and her name was Manage, and she was so fantastic. But she was talking to me one day about coaching and how – she wanted to incorporate coaching into some of the things she was doing. And one of the reasons why she said, I really like this positive affirmation, to create a mindset of positivity, um, of ability, of opportunity, of growth, can be really hard for people when they're stuck in, um, like he described, a depressed state, an anxious state, because she dealt with a lot of people mm-hmm. that had severe anxiety disorders. So forget about getting on stage, boy. Uh, some of the people she was working with, it was just even to get outside, even to step out of their house. And she said, So, you know, one of the techniques she did was so sort of a blended coaching therapeutic approach, but she took an affirmation that someone might have and instead she tied it to, um, What if I fail? So, the thought that comes through your head is, oh, I'm going to fail. Oh, there's no reason to go, oh, Look, I'm failing already. And shifted that to a more positive. Affirmation or mantra of what if I fail? What if I don't? Um, I can't. I can't if I don't start. You know, she shifted it to making it something very meaningful to them. And then something else that she used is these are not my fears. And I said that's such a cool statement. So it didn't even say um, I'm worth it. It was these are not my fears. So I asked her why did why that? Why not something about You know, I'm not afraid or something. She goes, because people own those fearful thoughts and they take it on as it becomes them. So that fearful thought becomes me and now I'm afraid. She goes, so if it's not my fears, it's not my thoughts, well, then whose are they? They're out there. So you're just taking them on. She goes, it gives them a place of separation from owning it to in the moment, right in that very moment, an opportunity to break it and say, "Oh well, what are mine? <laughs> maybe i'm maybe mm. me right now, or it's definitely not who I want to be, and I thought, "Wow, so we could say, these are not my fears. these are obsessive fears, or you know um, these don't have to be my fears, and I thought there's great ways to Help our ourselves and our clients then come up with their own way of in the moment of not owning it. I, you don't have to own it right then, because um, what are you there for? And then I think that gives you that maybe, hopefully, that place in the moment to shift back to. Well, what's the purpose? You know, why am I even? Why did I even want to do this?
2: Mm. <laughs> Absolutely, I love
0: that.
2: Yeah, I really love that, that too.
0: Fun to time, yeah.
2: So you know, when releases- some people.
0: Oh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, go on. I'm mm. sorry, Jen. I was just saying that no, no, release, no, you say those words that it's not mine. Mm. It's like almost a detachment from yourself
1: right, right, absolutely,
2: and some and people I think there's you a little know,
1: freedom there right,
2: right, and some people also are have a lot of it's not just you know they're they're so afraid someone who's very anxious it's it's sometimes not just the fear of what if I fail. Um, what if I succeed? Can and then oh, yeah. can I can I live up to that? Especially if if there's that inner critic, can I live up to that, or will people see that I'm really uh, an imposter? So there's so much that that feeds into that. It's just amazing. And one of the ways, one of the things that I think is really important to uh, be able to boost ourself, our belief in ourselves, you know, the belief that we're capable of more, is to really understand authenticity and to understand what that is and just about being rather than doing. Because as, as authentic human beings, we are individual. Nobody else is like us. And so often people who are high performers and high achievers identify themselves and their own value and worth with what they achieve. And they forget or maybe have never learned that even without an achievement, say something happens to your voice and you can no longer sing, they feel lost and worthless without that. Or if they're um, um, an athlete and something happens and they lose a limb and they can no longer uh, say it's their right arm and they're a thrower and they're right-handed – and so they can no longer do what they used to do or something happens that affects whatever it is that they are known for and how they identify themselves. So a belief in ourselves really has to start organically with an understanding of our own authenticity and an acceptance of human um, flaws and that that's part of the beauty of who we are, and if we can really understand that and be aware of that and unconditionally accept ourselves while always striving to be the best human being that we can be and the best always working and preparing and, and doing this process work um, so that we understand that we are a complete human being as opposed to just this instrument of whatever it is that we are trying to achieve in our lives. I think that that helps us with our self belief, the, the ability to believe in our own self worth, so that we can then bring that to whatever it is that we're looking to achieve, if that makes any sense to the both of you. <clears throat> Or to anybody that's listening, I, I also um, I neglected, you know, I neglected in the beginning, and I am so sad to, that I did. And I'm, I want to invite all of our listeners to call in, and the number here is six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. We absolutely love your participation, you know, your comments, your questions, or any, you know, any way that you would like to participate to this conversation, um, and here on the Life Coach Radio Networks, we're really proud to have as our sponsor, Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet, offering customers a new way to enhance and enrich their lives every day. Audible is the preeminent provider of spoken word audio products that includes more than 100 audio programs from more than 1,800 content providers, and more are added every single day. Receive a free audiobook with your uh, 30-day trial when you sign up with Audible today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Um, that's audibletrial.com slash Life Coach Radio. Now, here are some audio, uh, audible books, excuse me, related to today's topic The Confidence Gap, A Guide to Overcoming Fear and Self Doubt by Russ Harris and Stephen Hayes, PhD. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Powerful Lessons in Personal Change, written and narrated by Stephen R. Covey. I think that's, even though that is not, the topic is not necessarily self-doubt. It is a wonderful, wonderful book. I love this one. And How to Believe in Yourself, a Seven-Step Guide for Overcoming Fear and Self-Doubt by Carmen M. Parks. And The Empress Has No Clothes. Conquering Self-Doubt to Embrace Success by Joyce M. Roche. So don't forget to sign up for a one-month free trial to get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Audible.com, making listening a tool for life. And now, back to our show. You know, people who work at high stakes careers or jobs, such as opera singers, athletes, police officers, ballet dancers, for example, um, they have to stay in the moment and perform constantly at their highest potential. Crippling self doubt can plague anyone in these fields, especially the best of the bunch. So, how can one create? Presence in the moment and 100% per, per engagement. So, in order to um, create that focus that we've been talking about, so who would like to take that first? This is Susan. I, I would love to jump in. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> um, you know, I the fact that it happens to everyone. I think it's the first thing to remember. So one of the things to do is to normalize the situation. If you never had any um, self-doubt at all, it just wouldn't be normal. Because it's such a human emotion, a a human thing to have. Um, And when the stakes are high, uh, when you think about a police officer, for example, like you had mentioned, Jan, life and death. We're talking life and Mm -hmm. death in some of the things that they go into. That's Huge And um, wanting to protect life, so though, the decisions they have to make in a split second, um, I think it would just be natural to hope that you're doing it. But I think that's the other key to what they do is the step away that they have to be able to make a decision in a split second. Sometimes they don't have mm-hmm. a long time to talk themselves up. And that ability to put yourself right now in this moment, my focus has to be right here. So if someone's shooting a gun, my focus has to be on that person and honing in on what's the best thing to do so that they can make decisions and choices. So getting yourself to that point of choice is really important. Um, I, there's this wonderful movie called For Love of the Game, and in it it has one of my favorite quotes of all time about how to get yourself back in the moment under high stakes. Um, he's a pitcher on a baseball team, and He's in the moment of pitching a no-hitter, and um, this is going to be his last game ever. And So stakes are high, and every time he gets on the mound, his mind keeps getting flooded with the noise of the crowd, images of his parents in the stand, all this other stuff instead of, the one thing that he only needs to focus on is the catcher's glove, because he's holding it right in the strike zone. So right here, it's a simple thing, right? step on the mound with tens of thousands of people watching you and throw the ball and hit the mitt. Boom, just like that. And he steps off the mound a couple of times trying to shake it off, gets back on and is looking at it, but all of these distractions keep crowding in his mind. And they're taking him away from the one thing he needs to do. And so third time he steps on the mound and just says, clear the mechanism. Mm. And All of this other stuff starts to fade away, and the only thing he sees is the glove and throws a perfect pitch. I thought, what a great thing. I'm going to take that line and use it myself and share it with everybody I can. So anytime you're doing something and all of these distractors come in, whether they're internal self-doubts or the um, environment that you're in or things like that, Perhaps one way to do it is just to really quickly bring you back to the purpose of what you're there for in that moment, which is clear the mechanism so that you can focus on what you're meant to do. Here's an example of how it can work in a different situation. I was uh, doing, I'm a public speaker, and I kind of pride myself on being really good and staying in the moment with it, but I was up doing um, a very important talk one time, and Several members of my family were there, and they were sitting in the front. How sweet and nice that they were all there. And I stepped out, and I was talking, and it was going well, and I just completely lost my train of thought, completely. And I just (laughs) stood there like a deer stuck in the headlights thinking, "Uh uh I couldn't come up with it. I thought, what was I talking about? I look at the front row, and they're all looking down at the ground, so uncomfortable, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm bombing. Oh, and my head just started fluttering, and I thought, oh, this is my worst nightmare come true, (laughs) until finally I just stepped back. I thought, okay, okay, well, you're here to do something, so you better start talking because silence isn't golden in this situation. That response back to why am I here, I'm here to serve the people. I'm here, they came to hear me, so there's something in the message that's it's important to them. It helped me shift, and I was just able to say, "I said, have you ever been so excited about something that you just completely lost what you were going to say in the next moment?" That's how excited and thrilled I am to be here sharing with you. So let me see if I can pull myself together and get back to what I was going to say. Everyone started laughing. I said, "And you got to experience that with me. See, there's a first time for everything." And I used humor to bring me back, but. That interpretation I was making in the moment of seeing my family so uncomfortable, and I jumped to that instant conclusion I'm bombing. And later on, I said, Why were you acting like that? They said, We thought we were making you nervous, so if we just looked down and didn't make eye contact with you, you'd be your normal self. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't work. (laughs) Let's not do that again. But just in that moment, come back to, Why are you here? I'm here to serve the people here. And it took it off of me and back on them which is something Sharissa you had kept bringing up earlier I think that's an important way to clear the mechanism and pull you back into the moment of what you're going to do the other part that was really important there is let go of the failure I was already doing it I'd already forgot what I was going to say so it had already happened and the only way Mm -hmm. to fix that wasn't wasn't to talk myself up but it was actually start talking you're here to speak so start speaking and in that inherent peace is that part, Jan, that you were bringing up about greatness. We don't always recognize our own greatness or embrace it. And to rebuild your confidence a little bit when you have these self-doubts, you can get rid of the self-doubt, but it still leaves lack of confidence there sometimes. So you have to be able to rebuild your confidence. Tapping back into, I know that usually I'm an engaging speaker. I said usually because, you know, you don't always connect 100% gave me that reminder of, wait a minute, this is a greatness you have. It's something you love doing, and it really usually comes pretty easy to you. So step back into that and get back in the moment of that engaging kind of uh, personality and presence on stage. catch back into my previous successes so that I could step forward on that confidence level. So maybe just reminding yourself, here's here's the things you've done so successfully before, to help you stay in a focused, confident state. I hope that made sense.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know what I and I heard you saying. Uh, in addition to all the wonderful things you just said, I heard what I heard you saying was that you stepped into. You first of all, you when you just spoke to them honestly. You were stepping into your own authenticity. You know, this is who I am. You were, ex- and it was this accepting, this unconditional acceptance of yourself as this this unique person. Um, and you just, you just, you you let go of judgment, of self judgment, which you know we're usually the best and the worst, shall we put it that way, of judging ourselves harshly. And so it sounds like you just. Um, when you cleared the mechanism, in a sense, you (laughs) let go of that judgment and you just accepted yourself as though you put your arm around, you know, in a sense you were your best friend to yourself. Because if that were a friend up there, you would be sending them, you know, kind of, you know, a virtual hug and telling, giving them a little pep talk, hey, you're, you know, you're fine, you're great, just, you know, just be yourself. And that's basically, it sounds like that's what you did. And you made and you made everybody uh, at ease just by being yourself and accepting uh, accepting the situation with with grace and, and going on. So that's what that sounded like, and you made everybody comfortable. Charissa, right. <laughs> I want to hear your I want to hear your comments. And that you know, congratulations on that, Susan, because that's not an easy situation
0: yeah and so much came up for me as you were talking, Susan. First of all, that yeah that is not easy at all, and thank you so much for sharing that. um a couple of things that came to mind as you were talking about it is that and Jan mentioned this as well in terms of your authenticity and also when we even when we mess up or when we think we mess up, it often gives other people almost permission they say, oh okay, you know you're you're not you're human too, everyone's human, we all mess up we all we all you know are going to not do our best at certain times, but it almost strengthens, strengthens that um, ability for connection, you know, between one another. Because even when you mess up, there's people that are looking at you going, oh, okay, well, I could have, you know, I could have done the same thing. And the way you handle it was just so beautiful, just to be real, to be honest about it. And you never know, there might be somebody that was sitting in that audience that needed to see you do that to give them the strength to say, you know what, it's not a big deal. If I mess up, okay, I just, you know, move mm-hmm. on. And, uh, and like you said, focus on why you're there in the first place. What is it that's so important and why did you need to be up there in that moment? And again, going back to that belief of or the meaning that you give, it, you know, that you give a situation. So everything happens for a reason. You just never know how even what we feel are our mess-ups can have a positive impact on other people. So I love that. And then the other thing I loved about what you said was um, the clear the mechanism, like having a positive, it's almost like a positive trigger versus like that negative trigger, those negative triggers we talked about earlier. But knowing that you can in an instant just say those words or just lock that in so that you can immediately just shift your focus and, and just focus on, you know, what you need to do right then, right there, so that you're not thinking about the past or you're not thinking about how this could go horribly wrong or whatever it is. And that, that actually brings me to my other point about um, – and this is a, an NLP technique that I learned, and it's called the Circle of Excellence, and I really love it. This is one of my favorite NLP tools. And what it is, it's actually like it's a pre – so you prepare yourself for this beforehand. You get into that state, and you have those thoughts going through your mind, and I'll talk in a minute about what that is. So that in those moments, like the, with the, you know, the clear the mechanism, you can immediately trigger – what you had already prepared your mind for. So in other words, um, with this, this whole idea of the circle of excellence is you literally you stand up and you picture the circle in front of you. Like you picture a circle on the ground. And also when, when you step into that circle, as soon as you step into the circle, you close your eyes, and you think about all of those times where you felt so great, where you felt like, you know, you could do anything, where you achieved what you wanted to achieve, when you broke through those, those barriers or you overcame challenges, just those moments where you just felt so confident, so great about yourself and flood your mind with those moments. Let it all just come flowing to you. And then you can anchor it in. You can use different ways to anchor this, but what, what I like to do is, like with my, something that's very subtle. So, for example, for me, it's my, um, my middle, like my, my ring finger and then my thumb. I just, you know, I touch those two together to anchor that in so that when, when I'm at the height of feeling all this greatness and all this positive emotion, I touch my uh, my ring finger with my with my thumb and anchor in that emotion. And then... I kind of step out of that circle. And so what happens is when you get into a situation where you need to really focus and engage very, very quickly, you don't have time to think about it, you have that trigger, you can have a trigger statement, or you can even just, you know, trigger it by having whatever it is that your, your anchor is in that moment, and you're right back into, in, you know, feeling those emotions and feeling like, okay, I've got this, I'm ready to go. Um, and then part of that also is how we, you know, what we're doing with our body. So we talked about physical already a little bit. But what I mean here is the way we hold ourselves also has a lot to do with how we feel in the moment. So, and I love it, um, Amy Cuddy has some really great um, information on this, and she's a best-selling author of the book Presence. And she talks about, like, power poses and, you know, how to hold yourself, how to, um, how to walk, and all of these different things to help you get in that positive state of mind, to help you feel more confident. And there's actually, um, you know, a, a chemical reaction that happens in your body as well. So just having better posture, holding your head up, Walking in a certain way. Um, So yeah, if you're interested, I highly recommend her her TED talk, and it's Amy Cuddy. Um, And of course, the more we practice, the more we practice the posture and holding ourselves in a certain way. And what we talked about earlier, the affirmations, the meaning, the focus, all of these different things. The easier it's going to be when we get into those critical situations to really just get right into it, focus, and be able to do what we need to do.
2: Oh wow! I've been taking so many notes between the two of you. Um, it's just, and I've, I've certain things I've written and made big, big stars, asterisks next to and underlined, <laughs> and you know, between clear the mechanism and the circle of excellence. And I, I, I mean, there's just so much. And one thing I noticed, getting back to you, Susan, that you said, and what what I what I heard too was, you know, and it's not that you know when we mess up, you know, it's it's not, you know, we show our the audience that we're speaking to or um the whatever the people that are aware of of what we're doing we show them that perfectionism is not the goal being the best that we can be is the goal and and that you know that grace under pressure um is really an indicator of our character and character is really an underlying factor in in mastery of our lives and, and what we try to do. And, you know, as, as singers, getting back to that, because I have so much experience with that when it comes to this, you know, a, a high-stakes situation. I've never been um, an Olympic athlete or a police officer. I was a ballet dancer years ago, so I know that when you're on what it feels like to be on point, but... Being an opera singer, a professional opera singer, um, you sometimes you may be singing something very difficult. You may be doing an entire opera or or an entire. Um a concert piece and there can be, you know, you can be working at something where there's a lot of difficult runs and challenging sections and whether breath-wise or pitch-wise, say that you have a very high note and say that something is is influencing you one way or another, but you, you maybe didn't take a proper breath or for some reason you just didn't hit a high note the way that you wanted to. You, but you, you, you don't have time to think about that. You're aware of it. But if you start thinking about that, you're not going to prepare um, prepare well or properly for the next thing that's a split second, you know, that you're, every moment is just a moment. And if you're not there 100%, if you're not completely in the moment with 100% engagement in the moment, you're not going to be able – you're just going to stay in the past where, oh, my God, that note wasn't good enough – you can 't you have to let go of that because so that you can the rest of it can be wonderful um, it can be to the best of your ability, and otherwise if you 're focusing on oh my God, that note wasn 't the way I know that it could be none of it's going you 're not honoring the rest of the performance you 're not honoring the rest of you know your intention for this music it's it 's about staying that 's why Uh, Focus And as you said, clear the mechanism. I love that. (laughs) I'm going to tell that to my students and, you know, whatever. It's just clear the mechanism. That's gone. That moment is gone. You're all the years of, of practice, all the preparation keeps you in the moment so if that note wasn't perfect okay it wasn't you know you, but this, this run coming up you have more high notes you have more phrases that, that require beauty and interpretation in serving the music so that's what um, that's, that's one of the ways that, that I believe that we can create presence in the moment and a couple of other things I wanted to mention about how we get there is that um say that we don't do something to that we know we could have done better we have to we immediately engage in a sort of self forgiveness just as we would to somebody that we love and we know that they're doing the very best um, that they can, and maybe something didn't go the way that they wanted to, so that we engage in that that form of self forgiveness, which is acceptance you know we're aware of what just happened uh, and and then we accept, you know, it's a, an unconditional acceptance um, of our own authenticity. We realize, okay, we are us and each of us has our own am- amazing gifts and that we, um, we're, we're using a, making a conscious choice to trust this process that we have been working on um, in our lives, whatever it is that we 're trying to do, and that helps us um, get over our fear and gives us courage um, to have confidence in what we 're doing so that we can connect to our purpose as you know as Susan, I believe it was that you were talking about connecting to our purpose, and that in doing all of those things in this process that i 've just described. It helps us stay present in the moment, and I love. Again, I'm going to mention how I love that that you know that mental. You can just make almost an, an immediate shift, clear the mechanism, so that so all of those things I mentioned, and that mechanism, helps us stay present in the moment and engage fully um, with our energy and our focus. So I just I cannot believe that the time is already gone. It's been another wonderful and informative show i hope we have enlightened any of you who are listening and we're about out of time so i'd like to thank my very very talented co-hosts who i am so grateful to to work with Sharissa sebastian they're so insightful and incredibly intelligent and heartful Um, crippling self-doubt does not have to own us. As long as we understand how to deal with our fears, work on our belief in ourselves, maintain a process mindset, and stay completely present in the moment so that that we can improve our focus and take action to move forward, we can succeed. Now here's a quote I love. Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, It will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. I'm Jan Jaffe of Forward to Success, and it has been my privilege to have been your host today. Um, I'd love to speak with you, so please contact me for a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy or discovery session or with any questions or comments, and you can reach me, and I would love to hear from you at info, I-N-F-O, at forwardtosuccess.com. Com. I also want to remind our listeners that you're invited to share any comments or feedback on our website, LifeCoachRadioNetworks.com. I also host my own solo interview show, In Depth, with Jan Jaffe on this, the Life Coach Radio Network. Sharissa, do you have any closing thoughts and contact information you'd like to share? I do. Thank you so much, Jen. Actually, as part of my closing
0: thought, what I want to do is circle back to the circle of excellence <laughs>
2: because okay. great.
0: I realize that I, I don't think that I, you know, close the loop on that one. Um, but the the quick thing that I wanted to mention with that is I talked about the first half of that exercise where you get into that circle and you think about all those positive. Basically, have a uh, you know flood of these positive thoughts. But the second part of that is to trigger it. It's not just with you know with um, a like with your fingers or whatever it is, but to actually pay Picture the circle in front of you, step into it, and then let those emotions and those thoughts come the positive you know, thoughts come back to you, and then step into whatever situation you're going into. So also, as always, I want to close with a, a quote, and I just love mm-hmm. this quote. Um, it says, whenever you find yourself doubting how far you can go, just remember how far you have come. Remember everything you have faced, all the battles you have won, and all the fears you have overcome. And that's from one unknown, an unknown author. Um, and then if anyone would like to contact me, you can do so through my website at sharissa.sebastian.com, or you can send me an email at info, I-N-F-O, at sharissasebastian.com And I just launched my career confidence uh, program, so if you're looking to get some clarity with what career might be a great fit for you, I would love to speak with you. So thank you so much again, ladies.
2: Oh, thank you, Sharissa. Thank you so much for today and for your heart and everything that you have Uh, given us today. And how about you, Susan? Um, I have a quote, too. Um, It
1: is called, When you doubt your power, you give power to your doubt. And that's by Honoré de Balzac. And so my ending message is, people um, don't typically remember how great you are. And so the circle of excellence is a great way to remind yourself of that. Um, But keep a list of the things you've done really well because we usually have a running list of the things that we didn't do so great, and that's what stays with us. And one way you can shift to realizing the unlimited power and potential that you have within you is to start keeping track of all the great things that you've done and the things that you would consider are successes for yourself. And go with those. Um, That's going to help you stay in that powerful, positive mode If you would like to learn more about um, what I do to help people live full and satisfying lives, uh, you can find more information at my website makeityourmark.com. You can also find the book there as well. Same title makeityourmark.com, and any of the live trainings uh, that I do and public speaking engagements. So, love to hear from you, and it was a pure pleasure today sharing with both of you, Jan and Sharissa, on such a really
2: important, impactful topic. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Susan. And again, thank you so much, ladies. I just I feel so blessed and honored to work with the both of you. Uh, and I want to remind our listeners that for all of the hosts, contact and bio information is listed in the show description on blog talk radio now we have some upcoming shows on our sister network the life coach chat channel Um, uh, let me see Um, actually no this is uh, excuse me this is uh, this our network the life coach radio network Um, 2 p.m. building on on, uh, July 8th at 2 p.m. building trust and strong relationships and on July 11th at 12 noon leap identifying the first step with Mindset Coach Errol McLendon. So huge uh, thanks again to my two wonderful co-hosts, Sharissa Sebastian and Susan Gonzalez, for joining me today and making this show a very especially special one. And thank you for listening. Goodbye.
0: at wendy's this just in wendy's new swiss junior bacon cheeseburger is now an option with the four for four let's go live
2: to switzerland you can hear the ceremonial swiss alpine horns welcoming the new swiss junior bacon cheeseburger now an officer from the swiss army is using his knife to cut into a ceremonial block of cheese there you have the deliciously different swiss junior bacon cheeseburger now available for a limited time with four nuggets fries and a coke for just four dollars Stay neutral, Switzerland.
0: At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska, Hawaii, or Switzerland.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.